I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So welcome to this special episode of the Surfcast, where we're going to talk about all things Pokemon Go related. Um, I've been playing the game quite a bit over the last week or so. I know Igor has reluctantly played it a small amount. Mm -hmm. And Ian has no idea what Pokemon even is, so that's why we... We wanted to sort of do this quick podcast to explain what the phenomenon of pocket monster collecting is. I want to be the very best, like no one ever was. I, I should also preface it, first of all, good, good day to whoever's listening. Uh, I should preface it that I am a dinosaur at the age of 42. When I was younger, I spent a lot of time outside, so I don't really know what Pokemon is. Uh, I spent my time playing tennis, uh, riding my bike. I have no idea how old Pokemon is. When did it start? How old is it, Igor? Uh, this wasn't this 25th anniversary or 20th? Uh, so 20 years ago, I was 22. But it didn't come to... I think it was out in Japan for a little bit first, right? And yeah, then it came it to f- North America. Nintendo took really it took its time to um, package Pokemon to for the North American market, right? So it launched alongside the anime, which was a big part of its success in North America. And, you know, obviously the the trading cards came really quickly. But I think Pokemon Green, which was the original version, came out in 1996 in Japan. And then they changed that to, to blue. Red and blue. Red right? and blue, yeah. Right? So, because, so that there would be a trading component. So what's red, green, blue? Okay, so uh, when Pokemon initially launched, uh, there were two versions of the game. There was subsequently a third version of the game called Pokemon Yellow, which we can talk about later. But... Uh, essentially, when the game first launched, you know, the crux of the gameplay loop in Pokemon is you have to catch them all, right? There was there were 151 monsters. There are now some 700 plus. Okay. So Pokemon is a monster. Sure. Right, but it's a very cutesy monster for the yes. most part. Or ridiculous uh, looking now. Or ridiculous videos. looking, right? So, uh, for instance, in the fifth generation of Pokemon, there's a monster that's modeled after garbage. So, <laughs> so, uh, so um, there are these monsters, um, and you know, very much inspired. Um, uh, Yunichi Masada, the creator of Pokemon, he was inspired uh, from his childhood as a kid in Japan. He used to collect beetles, um, and if you know anything about Japanese society or culture, at those there was this point where people would battle beetles, right? And so he kind of took that and made it into a video game where you collect these 151 po- uh, monsters. They're all based on kind of like either real-life animals or kind of like concept in Japanese culture. Um, and they're given this kind of cute kind of uh, persona because 
the artist who does them is really great and they all look uh, like I said, really cute. Pikachu, obviously the most famous one. Is it still the same artist that does them all? S- yeah, it's since day one, it's been the same artist who's oh, done cool. every single design. I didn't know that. That's cool. Um, and yeah, so the crux of the game is that you catch them, right? Um, and the reason there were two different versions was because uh, Masada he wanted uh, kids to kind of be social and trade with one another and like talk to each other. So not the two versions had mostly the same monsters but to get the full 151 pokedex and the pokedex is just a collection of them all you needed to trade with people so if you had red version you have to trade with someone who had blue version right so it's it's the same idea as like collecting uh hockey cards or football very, cards very with that. yes right so it's, that's the same thing but it's in a video game form so you don't get a physical thing in your hand you get Virtual creatures, bites, yeah, yeah. So how can I trade from a red version to a blue version if the monsters or Pokemon in the red version mm-hmm. are different than a Pokemon in the blue version? Back back in the day, you had a thing called a link cable that and connected. This is all on the Game Boy. We yeah, yeah it's, on, it's on the original Game Boy. So you had this thing called a link cable that plugged into one Game Boy, mm-hmm. went into the other Game Boy. You went to a specific area. Both of you, both people trading in the game. Um, and you could launch a trade between two people. A and specific like, area within the game. Within the game. Yeah, so yeah. you go, hey, I'm going to go to the corner, top right, left corner. So it's, it's in something like so, that. So, okay, right? so to, I mean, within the game, there were these places called uh, Pokemon Centers. And this is like, there was one in okay. each town. Uh, and you just basically went there. Uh, there was like a, a, what's called an NPC, a non-playable character who you would talk to. Um, and you, how, how you have to imagine Pokemon, it's like top-down, back then, it was like top-down. Bird's-eye view. Bird's-eye view, right? And you're like walking on this kind of, it was really interesting because every single area in the Pokemon universe is modeled in places in the real world, and in Pokemon Red and uh, Blue is modeled in 1960s pre-kind of uh, s- suburban sprawl Tokyo, right? Interesting, okay. So, um... All the places in red and blue were kind of modeled in places like there was a place that was uh, there was a shopping district that has an analog in Tokyo. But that's neither here nor there. You basically just went to these uh, Pokemon centers. There was one in every town, so they were easy to get to. Um, And you just went there. You talked to this person. uh, It checked that you had a link cable. You guys agreed to a trade and the trade happened, right? This was something that like I actually did at recess when I was in elementary school. I'd come to school with my Game Boy. Mm-hmm. My other friends would have their Game Boys. We'd meet somewhere on the playground secretively because we weren't allowed to have our gaming devices oh, at school. Yeah. And yeah. like low-key do it behind the bushes and, and trade. <laughs> Nothing meant by, by that phrase, but yeah. trade, trade, trade Pokemon. Yeah. Okay, so fast forward to 2016. Uh, Nintendo launched this. Mm-hmm. on iOS, Android, mm-hmm. non available in Canada, just launched in Germany, available in Australia, United States, and New some Zealand. other places. New, New Zealand. Zealand. Um, coming to Asia soon, apparently. Coming to Asia, probably going to be in Canada by the end of the month. That's what I, I read on a number of um, Reddit, Reddit yeah. links and Facebook places. So, similar to the gameplay that you had on the Game Boy and also the cards, there are Pokestops. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's 700 some odd characters, monsters, mm-hmm. that you go after and collect. And it's AR-based, mm-hmm. which is more 
uh, which from a technology standpoint is very impressive, mm-hmm. but also it takes people out of their singular experience to make it more of a community aspect. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I should just mention it's 150 now for, right? It's not actually 150. I was looking at it today. It's yeah. less than 150. So they've cut some out of that original set, I okay. think. Yeah. Because when you look at the Pokedex, there's like 144 or something. Okay. So there's some that aren't in Pokemon Go. I don't know what ones. Well, the number is not yeah. particularly important. I no. think, but it's, uh, I mean, I shouldn't, it's important insofar as that most people are familiar with the original 150, yeah. right? And uh, Especially people our age that... May have, like, yeah. drifted away from the series. So the Pokedex is a list of all the Pokemons. Yeah. Is there a hierarchy of Pokemons? Is there a top Pokemon? Um, for the I think for the purposes of Pokemon Go, there really isn't. There, there's ones that are... Like, it, it's the same as the, the core games where, like, certain ones are rare and harder to find. In Pokemon Go, that's the same thing. Like there's, there's who, who I'm just gonna answer a bunch of questions. Yeah, yeah, of course. Who sets up the rare versus not rare? Uh, the the developers. The, yeah. So so, so how case. do they structure? Puchibuchu, <laughs> whatever the name is, yeah. to be rare. Like what makes something rare versus not? I think they just decide. Like so, they, I think uh, some of it follows kind of the hierarchy that was already established in the series. <laughs> so. Uh, in the original in the original two games, there were this group of uh, Pokemon called the Legendary Birds. Uh, their name were uh, uh, sorry, it was, uh, it was not Zapdos, but Articuno, Articuno. Zapdos, and Moltres. Uh, and I, I, you know, I pointed this out to Patrick before, but if you look at the names, it's Uno, Duo, Tres, so one, two, three, um, and those birds, like in the original games are really hard to find out in the world. Like, you have to... It's like a one in a million chance or something. I, I think there's there's rumors of people having seen them in various places. Like, there was a rumor yesterday that someone saw a... Mewtwo, which is another really yeah, rare a, Pokemon. Yeah, a Mewtwo at uh, Spadina and, and Queen. Queen. And that was, like, totally false, as, as yeah. far as I know. Okay, and, so let's talk about this lure thing. <laughs> okay, so let's say I'm really crafty with Photoshop and I find this really rare thing to Jiggy. Uh, this rare Pokemon that said, hey, I'm a king of Spadina. I'm going to lure you in because I got this rare po- Pokemon. I photoshopped the image into a specific... So you don't even and, need and to photoshop. Like yeah. like you wouldn't, you wouldn't even, even need to photoshop because the, the way that lures work, so... Is you, is everyone sees them. Everyone yeah. sees them, right? So there's Pokestops uh, sort of all over the city, um, all over the world, or wherever the game's available um, and not available in Canada's case. You can <laughs> place these lures on these Pokestops and pink dust in the game starts falling down. Is that the incense? That lures look like incense so lures and incense do the same thing but they do it in different ways so incense follows you so as you're moving around the world like a smell yeah <laughs> so there the you idea, go right? exactly follows you um and lures you can only place at a pokestop and they become like a gathering point so there's there's a pokestop across the street in the park from our office if i were to drop a lure there I can guarantee because this game's at the height of its popularity, there would probably be like 50, 20 people in a matter of minutes that would congregate to that area because they would have the opportunity to catch more Pokemon. So why would someone drop a lure? Uh, to be able to catch more Pokemon so that they can level up and 
So, uh, so how come everyone is not dropping lures all over the place? Because there's a finite amount of them, yeah. right? So to get them, you have to go buy these Pokestops or spend real-world money to buy coins, which you can then use to buy yeah. uh, lures. So you can, you can get them at Pokestops. It's pretty rare. Um, but usually you get them by leveling up your like in-game avatar. And to level up, you play the game more. You, you play, yeah, you play the game. You complete various. But you see, games. like within the game design, right there, it's really interesting because it's built to encourage social interaction. Right? There's only so many of them of these lures available at one time to players, and so it behooves players to kind of go to where these lures are and meet other people. Right? It's a part of the game design. And using so, one's a big deal too. Yeah. Like they cost. If you were to buy one in game, I think it costs about a dollar fifty, dollar twenty nine, something like that. So. Yeah. And then you multiply that by the millions of people who've already downloaded it. Nintendo yeah. could make millions if they bucket are. loads of money. Yeah. Yes. Right. There's rumors they're already making. They haven't released official stats. It's all these companies doing private research on sleuthing. Yeah. But they've made tons of money apparently. Yeah. So what's the physical and mental aspect of this game? Being physical, meeting, going out there, walking meeting new people. How do you think this game will change gameplay? Um, I don't think it's... So everything that Pokemon Go is doing is not new, per se, right? These There's antecedents to everything it's doing, right? Like, um, So people were like... For a lot of people, this is their introduction to augmented reality. But if you use Snapchat, like I would argue that Snapchat has way more sophisticated augmented reality than... Uh, Pokemon Go, what Pokemon Go is in essence really rudimentary, like it was pretty hilarious, I think it was a global TV, someone did a, an op-ed where they're like, when games become too real, and I'm like, if this is too real for you, like yeah. wait what comes within five really years, simple. right, like, um, so this is all like, stuff that's been done before, like Niantic, the company that made this game, they did obviously Ingress before, and a lot of like, I think the locations in Pokemon Go are taken straight from Ingress, right? Like, these are yeah. all located, right? So, um, it's just building upon what's already been done. What kind of is the brilliance of Pokemon Go is that it combines proven gameplay as much as it is proven with a franchise that is loved by so many people. Like, in the pre-brief, uh, when we were preparing to do this podcast, you asked me, like, you don't understand why Pokemon is so popular. And... You know, like, the people that Patrick was interviewed by at the CPC didn't understand it either, right? But this is not... Like, Pokemon has never gone away. Like, uh, X and Y, the most kind of recent entry in the series, sold 50 million copies, right? Even, like, even the one after that sold, like, 9 million. And that was a remake like yeah. of a previous game, right? So, Pokemon has always been here. What has made it popular right now is that you had to buy a... Uh, a portable console before and the kind of market for that evaporated with smartphones but now that it's on a smartphone it's on a device that everyone has more it's or accessible. less it's accessible in a way that the series has never been uh, accessible and it's kind of taken a lot of the complexity out of the series out and just really distilled it down to the most basic level as for like the you know physical and like mental benefits you know I've seen a lot of people on Twitter say they feel healthier, right? And it's so simple, right? Like, just getting out of the house and walking around, you'll feel better. I, mean, I know, Patrick, you said, you know, you can say you've walked, like, way more this week than yep. you have in the past month. Patching those Pokemon Go eggs and, yeah. and going to Pokestops and gym and stuff. Like that. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So you you can collect uh, eggs that contain Pokemon from various Pokestops. They just show up at random. And in order to hatch them, you have to walk. So they're based on a distance. So there's like 5-kilometer eggs, 2-kilometer eggs... Oh, okay, that's cool. And 10-kilometer eggs. So, like, I hatched a 10-kilometer egg uh, this morning on my way to work. So, the interesting thing about that is... So, so you put in the labor to get a reward. Yeah. Yeah. So, the interesting thing about that is that's, like, a very direct analog to a mechanic in mainline games, which is... So, you can get eggs in Pokemon games, but in those games, it's your, like, avatar walking around, right? So, there's these, like, tricks to, like you know, do that really quickly, but here you're physically walking. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a really great like translation of game design. And the, the thing with Pokemon Go too, I think that's worth noting, is that it's not like a great game as it stands right now. Yeah. It's a very fascinating social experience and it's like it has potential. It has a ton of potential. Right? And this is the first time people are gonna see AR, but there's a lot of core things that the game's missing when compared to the actual games that were for the 3DS and Nintendo's other dedicated handhelds. Like, yeah. uh, I know something that Igor mentioned, and even though I haven't been that in touch with the series the last little bit, like trading, there's no trading mm-hmm. in uh, in Pokemon Go. Like, if and that's I, such a fun part of yeah, the game, right? If, if I have like a really awesome Pokemon, um, and like I want to trade with my friend, and I have two of them, mm-hmm. I, I can't do that. That's something that's coming. They say, mm-hmm. um, but but that's not in the game yet. Yeah, and so, uh, or sorry, Ian, you had a question. Uh, The other thing I was going to say, so like, you know, uh, in the startup world, there's this term called MVP, which stands for minimal viable product. And this really does feel like an MVP in the sense that there's like, they kind of just like built the proof of concept, saw that it was really enticing to certain people and got it out, um, which is kind of, for me, I think, makes me question how much staying power this game will have, like... I'm sure within like a week or two people will like kind of get bored with the what the current crux of the gameplay is and kind yeah. of move on which I don't think would have been the case if it had launched really like full featured and polished um, but we'll see I, I think it's going to be around a while um, mm. but it's not going to be at this crazy level of popularity For sure. where you walk down it's the street it's unsustainable yeah. and every like one minute yeah. you see someone playing the game it's not going to be like that there's always going to be like a core group of people playing it it will probably, like, it's still going to keep going up for the next little bit, especially when it officially launches in Canada. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's something important to remember, too, is that this game's huge right now. There's a study that I just read that says that um, apparently 6% of all Android devices in Canada have the installed. game installed on it, uh, which is a crazy number. And they did that by, like, seeding data from APK Mirror at the site, the main site that's hosting the, the Pokemon Go APK and, and checking regions. So I think when it launches, actually in Canada, it's going to get even bigger. But like you were saying, like it's not, it's not sustainable. Things are going to calm down a little bit, and uh, like I'm still having fun with the game right now, mm-hmm. but I'm even starting to get a little bit of fatigue with it because there's not much to do in it right now. You go to a gym and you can battle, um, and you can collect a 
finite number of Pokemon, but there's not the same level of depth that was present yeah. in, like, in the other like, games. That's exactly what I'm... Like, I know when I play... When I used to play video games, I used to play mainly baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and the goal was to, you know, win, win the game. Mm-hmm. Right, so here the goal is to collect as many Pokemon as possible and get the rare ones, yeah. and then collect and collect all, collect all of them. Yeah. But what do you do when you collect all of them? The game's over. You start again. Well, they have this. They have this gym battling system that's currently in the game that kind of plays off of. Uh, it's like Foursquare in a sense, right? Yeah, Where you're trying to like take Foursquare. over like a certain spot. So there's like, for example, say uh, the gym across the street from us. It's currently owned by the Yellow Team. There's three different teams in the game: Yellow. Um, I can't remember the name, but uh, yellow, blue, and red. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way it works is you go there with your team of Pokemon and you challenge them to a battle. And the battles are pretty rudimentary. You, they pretty much devolve into you tapping on their Pokemon and dodging when they attack you on your, on your screen. Um, and when you lower their health, you move on to the next one that's in the gym. And when you've defeated their team, their overall gym score lowers. And if you oh, lower it... It's like the art of war. To a certain extent, yeah. Yeah. Um, and when you lower it to... Uh, it's like, hey, we're all friendly, let's trade, 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 and then we're going to battle you well, yeah. until you're dead. That's well, what the series is all about. Healthy competition, <laughs> right? And once all of the uh, the points are down for a certain color, you're able to take that gym over. And then by fighting your own Pokemon at that gym against people from your own team, you raise that gym's level. So exactly well, what Igor said, it very much becomes like Foursquare. And just, like, opening the game now, I'm sure if I looked in the vicinity around us, there's, like, there's a gym across the street at the park, and there's a few more up Spadina. Um, I would sure, I'm sure I would see, like, battles actually happening on the screen cool. at that time. Like, people fighting? Physically people fighting, or just on their phones? On, their, on their phones, going do like you, this. Do you think that people will get in a fight afterwards? <laughs> Everyone would take away from the phone and say, hey, I'm going to fight you because you got my... I don't. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I think it's all relatively friendly, healthy competition. So you talked about educational stuff, mm-hmm. uh, the educational aspect from from your brother's daughter. Yeah. So my brother um, has been walking around, and he's never been into Pokemon, and I and I know this for a fact because when I was a kid and I was playing the games, he would just make fun of me relentlessly about it. Um, so he, he's even picked up the game, which I think is a testament to how it's become kind of a cultural phenomenon, and he's, he's been uh, collecting Pokemon, and uh, I, I think uh, some, from what he's told me, he, he often goes like, out for a walk with his daughter, and he's like showing the game to her, and, and capturing Pokemon and allowing her to like name them, so it's become like this sort of bonding activity, yeah. act, activity, right? So and I, think, I think we're seeing a lot of that, because... Um, like on the weekend, uh, I went out with a couple friends for a few hours, and we had some drinks, and then we went and walked around collecting Pokemon in a park. And it's crazy because it sounds like the most ridiculous thing, but I think part of it stems from uh, that nostalgic connection that people who grew up with the series and the franchise and the property have to it. It's sort of like this coming back to Pokemon in a way that, uh, for a lot of people, works better. Uh, with the way that we live our daily lives, like you can just not just technology better. Yeah, right? like you can pick up the game and play it for five minutes, um, and and then put it down, or play it for one minute and put it down. Whereas we're for forty seven, like most people are. Yeah, yeah. Every time it's forty seven minutes. Yeah, yeah, so it's more. So people are spending more time in app than on Twitter, Facebook, and like Tinder. Wow, <laughs> it's crazy stuff. Yeah, 
It'll be interesting to see what happens when it officially launches here. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to download it now. Yeah. Because I have a six-year-old boy. Um, I think he'd be into it. I think he'd become... He gets really into things like I do. He's really into Lego right now. Um, and I think if I give him... I think I'll give him a, a phone. And... Let him play with that phone with Pokemon. I mean, I would say I, if you like, I, so I, I've said you know to you personally, and like, this is like the way I help teach my niece how to read, and that's with through the uh, 3DS games, right? And I mean, just yesterday, Nintendo Sarah or uh, Sarah, uh, whatever, um, wisely, uh, excuse me, at a loss for words, wisely. Reduce the price of the 2DS, which is the entry level. So uh, 100, 109 dollars. 109 dollars, yeah. and in some places you can get 89 dollars. So, you know, I know if you're if you're Elliot is anything like my niece and nephew, like my niece and nephew have destroyed several of my sister's phones. 89 dollars down the drain is a lot easier to stomach than potentially a thousand like the iPhone, right? Yep. Um, and what's great about the mainline games like is there's a lot of reading involved and there's a lot of kind of yeah, like thinking true. involved. Whereas this is, I mean, this is great because you walk around. You walk, yeah. So uh, maybe for the summer, uh, but if it's something, you know, he's really interested, like definitely check out, like, and they're very kid-friendly. It would like. be a good intro to the series too, like mm -hmm. playing this one because it's, it's very simple. It's much easier to, to pick up and immediately understand what's going on. Whereas uh, I think playing one of the mainline Pokemon games is a little bit... Uh, I mean, it's always it's always been focused at kids, right? Yeah. The, what, the genius of the series has always been, it, it takes that kind of Blizzard approach design, easy to learn, difficult Hard to master, master yeah. right? And, uh, but if you just want to kind of like go on the adventure and like you know collect the Pokemon, it's super easy. Right? Yeah, that's true. There's like very little involved. Do you have any more questions about the? No, I think it comes down to experiencing it. Experiencing it. I just want to get in. I think I think the confusion and the fascination with it is that it's uh, there. And I said this before. There's never been a game, I think, that has come so quickly around the world mm -hmm. that people have gained interest from a mobile perspective, right? Yeah, no, that's well, true. See, I think the antecedent is the Pokemon Red and Blue, right? It wasn't on mobile, obviously, right? But it was on mobile devices, some kind of mobile devices. And it was just like, I mean, do you remember it like in 1999, the like how crazy it was, right? No, like, Don't remember. I don't, I don't know. Because I, I guess you didn't, have a ki you didn't have a kid at the time, right? And you were past the age demographic, no, right? No, you guys didn't have a kid at the time. But we were well, kids. We were kids, kids now. We were kids, kids right? right? I, was, so it's I was 10 when it came out, right? So... I was the like ideal age for, for Pokemon. And the way yeah. that I discovered it, and I talked about this in my review of Pokemon Go a bit, is that like Nintendo, instead of sending out um, uh, like email newsletters and stuff like that, because this is sort of pre-internet, to a certain extent, I think the internet was a little bit around, uh, they sent out a tape, like in a manila folder, with my name written on it, that <laughs> explained what Pokemon was and introduced kids to the show. And I think they, they sent a lot of those out um, mm. as it was ramping up to the launch in North America and like the day that I got the tape I saw it and I was like I need to go out and get this game yeah so this is a similar uh, feel when uh, artists release new well, just, new music this right? is think about it in this way this is 
how you feel is what like my dad's parents must have felt when the Beatles came Damn. out, right? Like, but no, like, <laughs> think about it. Like you, like Beatles, nineteen fifty. <laughs> Uh, well, like, you know, like, it's this kind of cultural touchstone for young people, right? Um, right. But did the Beatles ever go away? Like, they're no. not releasing any new music, more or less, right? But, you know, certain people of, a, you know, my dad's generation, but also a lot of younger people love the Beatles, right? Right. Um, and it's something that, like, you know, it works itself into its into the culture, right? Just like Pokemon has to a certain extent. Right. It's by right. far one of Nintendo's most recognizable. In gaming, period. Yeah, in right? Gaming like, as well. well, before we end, I think a good indication of his popularity in Canada, even though it's not available, is that we went out for lunch yesterday mm-hmm. and just jokingly we're walking on the street seeing people on their phones and I said, Pokemon? They said, yeah! Yeah. yeah. Woo! More than one it's person. Like, it's like Several. a community that's that's already built and and the real test is always said earlier is this it, can the community sustain itself for weeks months yes. as this game develops and something greater to me I think it will to an extent I agree with Igor that I think it's going to dip but I think the sustainability will stem from whether or not Niantic Nintendo and the Pokemon company release more updates for it like they need to add new features to it they need to make it more stable. They need to prevent it from crashing all the time. Yeah, they got to keep luring, luring people. So I think keep luring people back. I mean, I think right. that kind of it's interesting to think about that. Like I think about you know, the only kind of kind of antecedent I can think in terms of popularity is like World of Warcraft, right? And there was a point with WoW where people yeah. they stopped playing the game and they just logged on to use it as a chat client. I had friends right? that did that, yeah. right? No way. And they would just talk with their friends online that played the game as well, right? That, that's what, uh, in high school, that's what Halo 2 evolved into. Right? Where it was like, for me. It was like a, you're just a chat client, right? And I, I can see that happening with Pokemon where these people who are like, you know, in, there's a stigma of gamers where, or people who play games uh, that kind of don't leave the house and they're a bit more introverted. Mm-hmm. Um, I can certainly speak to that, but... I th- you can you know on that CBC spot you did there was the girl who said like yeah I've got it now met new people right and I think just that will kind of help the game as, as the game that did that for this person and a bunch of other people is going to give it a kind of longevity that I don't think we're really expecting yeah I totally agree yeah. um, I think that's a good place to end it unless Ian has more questions about the Pokemans no more questions. I'm gonna get, uh, gonna get cracking. Gonna get cracking, catching them this. all. Yeah, gonna get catching. Great. So on that note, let's yeah. leave it with Mr. Slowpoke. Slow, slow.